Section 22 of Junior Classics, Volume 4, Heroes and Heroines of Chivalry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Junior Classics, Volume 4, Heroes and Heroines of Chivalry by William Patton. The Mabinogian Part 7, The Story of Lud and Levelise. Belly the Great, the son of Monogian, had three sons, Lud and Caswalon, and Nina, and according to the story he had a fourth son called Levelise. After the death of Beli, the kingdom of the island of Britain fell into the hands of Lud, his eldest son, and Lud ruled prosperously, and rebuilt the city of London, and encompassed it about with numberless towers. And after that he bade the citizens build houses therein, such as no houses in the kingdom could equal. And moreover he was a mighty warrior, and generous and liberal in giving meat and drink to all that sought them. And though he had many castles and cities, this one loved him more than any. And he dwelt therein most part of the year, and therefore it was called Care Lud, and at last Care London. And after the stranger race came there, it was called London, or Lwendris. Lud loved Levelise best of all his brothers, because he was a wise and a discreet man. Having heard that the king of France had died, leaving no heir except a daughter, and that he had left all his possessions in her hands, he came to Lud his brother, to beseech his counsel and aid. And that not so much for his own welfare, as to seek to add to the glory and honor and dignity of his kindred, if he might go to France to woo the maiden for his wife. And forthwith his brother conferred with him, and this counsel was pleasing unto him. So he prepared his ships, and filled them with armed knights, and set forth towards France. And as soon as they had landed, they sent messengers to show the nobles of France the cause of the embassy. And by the joint counsel of the nobles of France, and of the princes, the maiden was given to Levelise, and the crown of the kingdom with her. And thenceforth he ruled the land discreetly, and wisely, and happily, as long as his life lasted. After a space of time had passed, three plagues fell upon the island of Britain, such as none in the islands had ever seen the like. The first was a certain race that came, and was called the Coranians, and so great was their knowledge that there was no discourse upon the face of the island, however low it might be spoken. But what, if the wind met it, it was known to them. And through this they could not be injured. The second plague was a shriek, which came on every May eve, over every hearth in the island of Britain. And this went through people's hearts, and so scared them, that men lost their hue and their strength, and the women their children, and the young men and the maidens lost their senses, and all the animals in the waters were left barren. The third plague was, that however much of provisions and food might be prepared in the king's courts, were there even so much as a year's provisions of meats and drinks, none of it could ever be found, except what was consumed in the first night. And two of these plagues... No one ever knew their cause. Therefore was there better hope of being freed from the first than from the second and the third. And thereupon King Lud felt great sorrow and care, because that he knew not how he might be freed from these plagues. And he called to him all the nobles of his kingdom, and asked counsel of them what they should do against these afflictions. And by the common counsel of the nobles, Lud the son of Beli went to Levelise his brother, king of France, for he was a man of great counsel and wisdom, 
to seek his advice. And they made ready a fleet, and that in secret and in silence, lest that race should know the cause of their errand, or any besides the king and his counsellors. And when they were made ready, they went into their ships, Lud and those whom he chose with him. And they began to cleave the seas towards France. And when these tidings came to Levelis, seeing that he knew not the cause of his brother's ships, he came on the other side to meet him, and with him was a fleet vast of size. And when Lud saw this, he left all the ships out upon the sea except one only, and in that one he came to meet his brother, and he likewise with a single ship came to meet him. And when they were come together, each put his arms about the other's neck, and they welcomed each other with brotherly love. After that Lud had shown his brother the cause of his errand, Levely said that he himself knew the cause of the coming to those lands. And they took counsel together to discourse on the matter otherwise than thus, in order that the wind might not catch their words, nor the Coranians know what they might say. Then Levelis caused a long horn to be made of brass, and through this horn they discoursed. But whatsoever words they spoke through this horn, one to the other, neither of them could hear any other but harsh and hostile words. And when Levelis saw this, and that there was a demon thwarting them, and disturbing through this horn, he caused wine to be put therein to wash it. And through the virtue of the wine, the demon was driven out of the horn. And when their discourse was unobstructed, Levelis told his brother that he should give him some insects, whereof he should keep some to breed, lest by chance the like affliction might come a second time. And other of these insects he should take and bruise in water. And he assured him that he would have power to destroy the race of Coranians. That is to say, that when he came home to his kingdom, he should call together all the peoples of both his own race and of the race of the Coranians for a conference, as though with the intent of making peace between them, and that when they were all together, he should take this charmed water and cast it over all alike. And he assured him that the water would poison the race of the Coranians, but that it would not slay or harm those of his own race. And the second plague, said he, that is in thy dominion, behold, it is a dragon, and another dragon of foreign race is fighting with it, and striving to overcome it, and therefore does your dragon make a fearful outcry, and on this wise mayst thou come to know this. After thou hast returned home, cause the island to be measured in its length and breadth, and in the place where thou dost find the exact central point, there cause a pit to be dug, and cause a cauldron full of the best mead that can be made to be put in the pit, with a covering of satin over the face of the cauldron. And then in thine own person do thou remain there watching, and thou wilt see the dragons fighting, in the form of terrific animals, and at length they will take the form of dragons in the air. And last of all, after wearying themselves with fierce and furious fighting, they will fall in the form of two pigs upon the covering, and they will sink in, and the covering with them, and they will draw it down to the very bottom of the cauldron. And they will drink up the whole of the mead, and after that they will sleep. Thereupon do thou immediately fold the covering round them, and bury them in a kist vein, in the strongest place thou hast in thy dominions, and hide them in the earth. And as long as they shall bide in that strong place, no plague shall come to the island of Britain from elsewhere. The cause of the third plague, said he, is a mighty man of magic, who takes thy meat and thy drink and thy stores. 
and he through illusions and charms causes every one to sleep. Therefore it is needful for thee in thy own person to watch thy food and thy provisions. And lest he should overcome thee with sleep, be there a cauldron of cold water by thy side. And when thou art oppressed with sleep, plunge into the cauldron. Then Lud returned back into his land, and immediately he summoned to him the whole of his own race and of the Coranians. And as Levelise had taught him, he bruised the insects in water, the which he cast over them altogether, and forthwith it destroyed the whole tribe of the Coranians, without hurt to any of the Britons. And some time after this, Lud caused the island to be measured in its length and breadth. And in Oxford he found the central point, and in that place he caused the earth to be dug, and in that pit a cauldron to be set, full of the best mead that could be made, and a covering of satin over the face of it. And he himself watched that night, and while he was there he beheld the dragons fighting, and when they were weary they fell, and came down upon the top of the satin, and drew it with them to the bottom of the cauldron. And when they had drunk the mead they slept, and in their sleep Lud folded the covering around them, and in the securest place he had in Snowdon, he held them in a kissed vein. Now after that this spot was called Dinus Emrys, but before that Dinus Farion. And thus the fierce outcry ceased in his dominions. And when this was ended, King Lud caused an exceeding great banquet to be prepared. And when it was ready, he placed a vessel of cold water by his side, and he in his own proper person watched it. And as he abode thus clad with arms, about the third watch of the night, lo, he heard many surpassing fascinations, and various songs, and drowsiness urged him to sleep. Upon this, lest he should be hindered from his purpose, and be overcome by sleep, he went often into the water. And at last, behold, a man of vast size, clad in strong heavy armor, came in, bearing a hamper. And as he was wont, he put all the food and provisions of meat and drink into the hamper, and proceeded to go forth with it. And nothing was ever more wonderful to Lud than that the hamper should hold so much. And thereupon King Lud went after him, and spoke unto him thus, Stop, stop, said he, though thou hast done many insults, and much spoil erewhile, thou shalt not do so any more, unless thy skill in arms and thy prowess be greater than mine. And he instantly put down the hamper on the floor, and awaited him. And a fierce encounter was between them, so that the glittering fire flew out from their arms. And at last Lud grappled with him, and fate bestowed the victory on Lud, and he threw the plague to the earth. And after he had overcome him by strength and might, he besought his mercy. "'How can I grant thee mercy?' said the king. "'After all the many insults and wrongs thou hast done me.' All the losses that ever I have caused thee, said he, I will make the atonement for, equal to what I have taken, and I will never do the like from this time forth, but thy faithful vassal will I be. And the king accepted this from him, and thus Lud freed the island of Britain from the three plagues. And from thenceforth until the end of his life, in prosperous peace did Lud the son of Beli rule the island of Britain. And this tale is called the story of Lud and Levelis. And thus it ends. End of section 22.